Welcome to Mogul's Interview Series. I'm your host, Jessica Lips, and it's my honor to introduce our next guest, Zoe Zaldana. You know Zoe for her work in films, namely Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Star Trek movies, but you might not know that in addition to being a star actress, Zoe is also the founder and CEO of a brand new company called Bise. We've got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to stop there so that we can start learning from her. Zoe, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it's our pleasure. So I'd like to get to know you and really just to start at the very beginning. So where were you born? I was born in Passaic, New Jersey, and then I grew up in Queens and in the Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. What took you from New York to the Dominican Republic? 80% of my family still lives in the Caribbean and other parts of the world. And in 1988, my father... Um, unfortunately passed away in a car accident. And then my mother really felt the need to move my sisters and I to an environment that she was going to be able to control and provide the security and happiness that we needed uh, growing up. Wow. So part of her reason for moving you there was to move back and be surrounded by family? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because she found herself after my father passed away being a single mom, raising three girls in Queens, New York. And at that time, those were challenging times in New York City. It was a decision that made sense. She had a choice between moving to Seattle and starting from the beginning or moving to the Caribbean where she was going to have the support of her family. Mm. So she chose, you know, she chose the latter. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, how old were you when you moved? I was nine. And how long were you in the Dominican Republic? We were there seven or eight years. We returned in 1995 back to New York where I finished high school. I have to say that in the beginning, change is really hard when you're like nine or ten, at least from our experience. Uh, But it turned out to be the best decision my mother ever made for us and our upbringing because we were surrounded by family growing up in a small island where you have the beach all around you. So it was really hard to have a bad day. But that said, it was also a little challenging for us at first because English had become my first language and I was very much a New Yorker and so were my sisters and my mom as well because she grew up in New York City uh, since she was 14. My grandmother immigrated to New York in 1961 and she had been living there and brought my mother there and that's where my, my mother finished her high school and grew up. So it was very difficult for all of us to leave New York, which was already our home, and start, you know, again in a, in a culture that was familiar, but it wasn't our own. It wasn't the one that I recognized as my everyday culture that I can maneuver myself. And so we had to kind of start from from scratch there. But it turned out to be a really happy experience for all of us. Yeah, that's so interesting because those are very formative years of your life. Could you share what it was like growing up in the Dominican Republic during such a formative time? Like every new place for a child, it's new, it's strange, it's not familiar it's uh, difficult to to settle in and to sort of find your bearings. And then it, it picks up. We really submerged ourselves in our studies. And that's where I began also dancing classical ballet. And my sister began painting. And my other sister began playing, you know, volleyball professionally. So we really bloomed. 
But we always felt like outsiders. And it was difficult because when you grew up in a city like New York City and you have so much diversity and you have so much culture that comes from all over the globe, you're sort of, you, you become very used to seeing different faces and hearing different languages and smelling different spices in the air with your neighbors and your school friends. So to go from there to a culture that was very, you know, one culture, one language, one religion, very simple and traditional expectations on both males and females, it was a little bit of a struggle for us um, to adjust and conform to something that always felt like, uh, you know, foreign to us. However, it wasn't until we, we returned back to New York in 1995, and we were already like late teenagers and young adults, that we realized just how fortunate we were to tap into our ancestry by what my mother did, by, you know, having us live in Dominican Republic. We felt worldly coming back to New York. We felt that we were able to assimilate the culture and that curiosity to to know other cultures and know different types of people prevailed because we were a product of that. So what brought you guys back to the U.S.? It was always my mother's desire. She always knew that we were going to, you know, end up coming back home. She had wanted just more opportunities for us and, and wanted us to, to be back where we felt this is home for us. Now that I'm older, I'm able to appreciate the gift that my mother gave us, knowing or unknowingly, she gave us this ability to feel that we were 200% kind of, you know, <laughs> a global citizen, you know, where we felt that we were 100% Latinos and we were 100% uh, Americans. That would, you know, end up becoming this thing where in many situations and many events in our lives, it was a gift. And sometimes it was, it was a reason for us to feel like outsiders. Do we belong to this world? Do we belong to that world? And it wasn't until we, we, you know, we became really full-blown adults that we made the choice to belong to both worlds because we cannot live without the other. And I guess that's a good segue. I want to talk about your acting also, but that is a good segue to you are the founder of this brand new company called Bisa. Tell us about it. Being a first generation in a, in a country that is the one that you recognize as your own presents its challenges at times. And it's, it's not because of challenges that you present for yourself. It's just challenges that sometimes your environment or the people in your environment present uh, for you. It became like a constant conversation of like, where, where are you from? It's like New York. It's like, well, where are you really from? It's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, well, my, my heritage is from, and, and the, the fact that I always had to break down my genetic composition in order for people to sort of go, oh, I guess I can relate to this individual. You know, at first when you're young and it's new, it feels like, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll go with these conversations. I, I love sharing things about myself because I'm so proud of my culture, both my cultures. But then, you know, as I, as I grew into, into acting and, and started traveling across our nation and I, I would sit at different tables and break bread with all different kinds of people, um, that conversation became something that, it just became really monotonous. And it, it, was, it was like very, oh, why are we, why do I need to do this? And then I realized 
well, why? That, let, me, let me keep digging into this question. Why is it happening? When I became a mainstream media sort of figure in my own right, of course, I realized that, that there's, there's just a very big gap between what I was living and my own American experience and the information I was receiving from media. I didn't see any kind of relevance or figures that reminded me of who I was as an American in all of these mediums. So that became an ongoing challenge for me that hmm. eventually led into, after I became a mother and, and I married my husband, was that thing going, okay, what, what do I want for my three sons? What do we want? What kind of American experience do we want to make for them? And Be Sarah was born out of that. How, how to deal with all of my frustrations with love and respect and how to build on that and realizing that the distance that lies between you and a neighbor has, has everything to do with the lack of information that is being provided through mainstream media. And it's like, oh, okay, well, then that's the solution. Let me just build a platform where we get to build content that resembles and reflects the, the, the America that I've known my whole life so that, you know, we begin to have conversations about who we really are today in America. Mm, I love it. So tell us a little bit about this site. So when you go to your new website, what can people expect to find? We're going to be telling the untold stories that reflect what America looks like today. We'll be creating English language premium content in three formats, video, editorial, and podcast. We'll be distributing them across social media channels and also on our, on our bsaid.com platform. And our initial focus will be on stories from the Latinx community centered on the content verticals of identity, culture, and nation. And our content will have more of a positive, inclusive, and solution-oriented approach to storytelling and exploration of issues that are being talked about every day today across our nation. We want to highlight the role models that have been here, that are here, and, and we want to bring much-needed inspiration to the Latinx community and to all communities so that they may aspire to greater heights. In addition to having a website, I think I read that you're going to have live events. So could you tell us a little bit about those and when we can expect them? We're going to have pop-up events because we realize the power that lies when you create communities where we all get to sort of stand next to each other, have conversations with each other, invite figures in all respective fields. And we invite them to share their knowledge, their experiences, their, their story, so that we can give each other the energy that we all need to continue, you know, succeeding and continue sort of aspiring to, to greater heights. What will your role be in the company? So my participation will be very much uh, present uh, behind the scenes. I do not wish to be in front of me, say, uh, because it, this is not about me. This is about highlighting stories of all people out there, regardless of their notoriety. If you're an active citizen in your community and you're causing an impact in your community, in your local community, then you are somebody worth talking about. You are someone whose story and whose vision 
whose contribution is worth highlighting. So that is our is our goal. Mm. You've worked on this company for a long time, and so you know it inside and out. Of everything that's coming in the future for it, what are you most excited about? My dream is to see my country moving in the right direction when it comes to the way we view each other, when it comes to the way we stand together, not just for ourselves, but also when we stand together and we stand in support for other nations. I'm a person that lives on hope, and I've always been a half-full individual, and achieving my dreams and working every day and being a taxpayer and a voter and a mother, an American mother, raising American children, I am so proud of everything that we've accomplished as, as a nation, and I know that we can do so much more if we continue to reach out and remain curious about who our neighbors are, who we all are in relation to each other and our nation. So I feel like fear is, is a paralyzing feeling. It only moves us to, to distance ourselves from people and from our communities and, and then, you know, from our, from our country. And love and curiosity keeps us, keeps us united. Inclusivity is very important. Last year, we all were witnesses to what happened when all women came together and reached out to one another and said, I have something to say. I know you have something to say, and I'm willing to listen, and enough is enough, and let's stand together. And we're bringing change by educating, by changing codes of conduct, and not only in our workforce, but also in our communities, so that women can feel safe. For the first time in my life as a woman, I saw something tangible. I saw something that can be done that is being done. So that is encouraging. By building a platform like Bise, I know that by sending messages that have a purpose of positivity and, and, and that are solution-oriented, you're handing tools to your community that they can build on. You should be an inspirational speaker. That is really beautiful and meaningful, and may your dream come to fruition. I'm just going to switch topics, talk about acting. So we went directly from talking about the fact that you moved from the Dominican Republic back to the U.S. Yes, it was back to New York. And then I think it was like five years later, six years later, I moved to California. Why? I started dancing ballet in Dominican Republic as a form to to deal with just feeling like an outsider at times, like an alien in my own skin. I, I, I felt like I didn't belong. You know, when you're growing up, you're super duper, you know, awkward and uncomfortable and trying to find your own identity. And ballet gave me that, that freedom, but it also exposed me to the world of art. And, and I realized very early on that I was, I was an artist. Um, and, you know, growing up on stage and dancing in, in theater, I was able to use my body in a way to share emotions. But the only instrument I wasn't using while I was dancing was my voice. And I moved to New York and I finished high school. My mother gave me these two options. She was like, either you go to school, you know, and you study something or you, you take a year off and you figure things out, and then you go to school. So <laughs> I took a year off. I stopped dancing ballet, and I, I started going for you know auditions uh, for plays and musicals. And then I joined this theater troupe in Brooklyn, and I got my feet wet at acting. And I realized 
how happy it was making me because I'm a very extroverted individual, so I, I talk a lot. So getting to use my, my main instrument was really important for me. It gave me this outlet, this ahogo, we call it in Spanish. I was able to just unleash who I was and it gave me so much happiness and I learned so much. And then obviously I got a manager. I started doing commercials and an episode for Law & Order. And then I did this uh, movie about ballet right at a time when I was thinking, do I go back to ballet? Because I've been doing this my whole life. It's what my body knows to do. It's, it's a given for me. Or do I keep pushing into this unknown world and see what happens to my destiny? And then by booking this movie called Center Stage, and I played a classical dancer, I took it as a very strong sign of saying goodbye to a part of my life and, and introducing this new one. I gave up completely classical ballet, and I just threw myself wholeheartedly to to acting. And you've rocked in all these roles since. So you have definitely taken a departure in terms of your roles from the center stage days. So what's your favorite type of movie to act in? Well, I mean, I love action. I was always a child that was driven to just action and science fiction. And maybe it was my subconscious tapping into my natural yearning for freedom. You know, I was never aware of my limitations because I was female until it was brought to my attention, being rejected because of things that I couldn't change about myself. I couldn't change the fact that I was a woman and I couldn't change that I was a woman of color. Kept me in space because space at least provided me the freedom to play women that I felt resembled the kind of woman that I felt I was. To bring it back to Bise, I felt like Bise was in the makings since I was born because of my... American experience, I came to the realization that I needed to do something more besides just fight to break down these barriers and and play roles that are unconventional for someone like me. And the constant rejection of like, oh, we want to go traditional. Um, and, And me asking myself, okay, well, what is traditional? Am I not? Am I not traditional? Oh, you mean anything that originates from Europe is what is considered traditional. Well, I, I, I don't think that that really is fair. <laughs> so through the limitations that were presented for me without me provoking them, that I realized that I need to do something to broaden the narrative in America. Because only then will we broaden the narrative in art, will we broaden the narrative in storytelling, will we broaden the narrative in politics, in education, and medicine, and everything. Like, I realized I can't fathom my sons not getting the job that they wanted, that they're absolutely qualified for, because they're not the traditional fit. They're not a traditional mold of something. I don't want them to deal with that heartbreak. Mm. I feel very proud of my journey, and I embrace my falls, but I won't embrace my limitations because they weren't designed by me mm. and that that is what compelled me to to build Vise because I love what I do I love myself I love where I come from where I was born and I love my country it's because of that love that I realized I don't want to complain about this I want I just want to change it I want to reshape it Mm. As our country 
works towards the change that that you hope to see and that we all hope to see, what's your advice for for the millennials, for the B-said generation? I mean, I hate to sound super corny and to quote the Beatles, but I will. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> all we need is love. Love compels you to build and rebuild yourself. And love compels you to stay connected. Love compels you to reach out. Love compels you to listen. Love compels you to speak up. What's troubling about these times is that hate has become very accessible and hate has become very trendy. Because, you know, social media gives us the opportunity to instantaneously share our thoughts with the world. That doesn't mean that we should always share what's immediately on our minds. Because anything and everything you say will be either an inspiration or, or a weapon or a tool. So I think that we have to be very aware of the power that we have through social media, through the immediate connections that we make with the world. The messaging that we send out should be of love and peace and, and justice. Because by you saying love, it doesn't mean that I'm inspiring you or encouraging you to do nothing. It is because of love that we must always do something. But it should always be something for a positive outcome, for a resolution, and never for a demise of, of anything that may, in the end, cause our demise. Listening to you just give that incredible inspirational speech. You are a special person. While we're on the subject of advice, what advice do you have for aspiring performers? Education. (laughs) Really? Yes. I believe that for aspiring performers, it's not just having the desire to be an artist. It's also the constant study, the constant dedication to your craft. And that takes work and practice. And, and concentration and focus and attention. And that all comes with education. And education doesn't have to come from an academic um, place. But you have to remain absolutely open. Art is incredible because all the people that have been doing art before us were also historians. So they documented their, their times through their art in the most neutral and and purest of all ways. And that's how you're able to learn history. And that's how you're able to sort of master what you want to do and master a technique. And I think that's very beautiful. So I I encourage people to not just go, well, I want to act. So here I am and let's do it. Okay. Do what? Figure out your what, your where, your how, your why. And, and define that it for you. I was always taken by the word it, because it can mean so many things. And, and it's an American thing. It's like, oh, why are you here? Because I want to make it. Oh, okay, what is that it? You know, like, <laughs> you want to make what? Define that it for you, because once you have a clear vision of it, then, then you're able to make a clear path for yourself. That is great advice. Zoe Saldana, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your words of advice. It's wonderful learning from you. Go forth and rock it. This platform is going to be amazing, and we can't wait to see what comes from it. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for your time. This is Jessica Lips for Mogul. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.